It's once again time to check in with the news about where you live and what's happening outside the city of Portland. Joining us now is Dana Haynes. He is the editor-in-chief of the Portland Tribune. Hi, Dana. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How's it going there? It's great. So, you know, it's been a very busy week, to say the least, and we've covered a lot of the top stories here. There's always something we miss, though. You know that's how it works in the business. And we can't be everywhere and that our listeners live, and that's where you and your staff and your 25 weekly newspapers across the region come into play. So, Dana, where do you want to start today? Well, I thought we'd start out in Marion County. We have the Woodburn Independent out there. They're reporting that the online retail giant Amazon.com has purchased 130 acres in Woodburn. Uh, according to a reporter, Justin Much, uh, they plan to build a 3.8 million square foot fulfillment center on 90 acres of land. Could open in spring 2023. Expected to create upwards of 1,250 full-time jobs, mostly uh, paying about $17 per hour with the benefits. Now, that would be big news in most of our towns, but in Woodburn, that is a game changer. Yeah, you know, when I first heard this story, I thought uh, about the line that was being said that it's as big as Big Pink in downtown Portland. I thought to myself, man, they're putting a skyscraper in Woodburn and then, uh, you know, figuring out that it's it's one level. But covering that same much space in Woodburn, I mean, it's going to be pretty amazing to see what the economy in Woodburn looks like in five to ten years down the line. And it's going to draw more people there, too, because as you know, Oregon is growing. The, the Portland metropolitan area continues to grow, as does the Bend-Redmond area. So, yeah, that uh, means a whole lot more jobs in Marion and Clackamas County areas. Absolutely. All right. Where to next? Well, Oregon City has some news that would be big for them if you live in Oregon City, and that's that the public library is going to go back to expanded hours. They're going to be open 10 to 7, Monday through Friday, uh, 10 to 6 on Saturdays, noon to 5 on Sundays. This is a big deal in most of our small towns. A library is a nexus of what goes on. I've got a story by Raymond Rendleton that says that they closed that library down in March 2020. They had a few shelves available for a while. They're starting about April. But starting this week, the library is fully open. And as you can imagine, this is big news if you are a parent with kids and are using that library all summer long as a, as a, as a place to take your kids. You know, as a parent of a 12-year-old who actually loves to read, this past year has been pretty rough uh, on, on us. And because, you know, we would spend hours in the library before the pandemic and we haven't been back yet. So uh, maybe this weekend would be a good time to get back into some old habits. There you go. All right. So another problem parents like me are dealing with uh, is with the cancellation of all these summer camps. My daughter's camp was canceled this year again, but I understand that's not the case everywhere. Nope, no. Uh, Canby Herald's got a story that the Canby Center and the Canby School District is teaming up for the first time ever to offer free one-week summer camps for kids in kindergarten through eighth grade. This is pretty cool for parents and families out there. All the camps are going to take place at Ackerman School from 9 to noon, Mondays through Fridays. It starts July 12th, going to run them through August 13th. They're offering bus transportation. And if anybody in the Canby area wants to know more, there's a link to the registration in Kristen Wooler's story in the Canby Herald. And as a quick reminder, you can get to any of our websites from any of our websites. If you start at the portlandtribune.com, you can get to the other regional and town papers in the upper right-hand corner. Click on any of those papers, you can get to all of our publications. All right, that's great to hear. I'm sure a lot of parents are going to be happy in that area uh, about that news. Okay, uh, last weekend, there was something we've never seen before in this area. Three straight days of extremely high triple-digit numbers, record-breaking days each day. And I know I stayed home with my lights off, door closed. How about you? Do you do the same? Well, I did. I hid. I'm, I'm an Irish-American. We don't do triple-digit. <laughs> but in Sandy, they showed up for a celebration, right? Oh, man, this is crazy. We got a story in the Sandy uh, Post saying that uh, an estimated 80 people adorned with rainbow pl- flags braved heat in excess of 100 degrees on Saturday to celebrate Pride Month. 
Uh, the Sandy event was organized by a group called Students Advocating for Equality or SAFE. And the thing that cracked me up when I was looking for the story is I went, went to find it. And um, I couldn't help but notice that the guy who took the photos was Steve Brown. He's the publisher of the Gresham Outlook and the Sandy Investigator Papers. He's our boss. And he was out there in 100 degree heat taking one for the team that day. No kidding, man. I stayed inside. God bless him. <laughs> totally. So uh, we have the Olympics coming up. There's been a lot of press recently about Jordan Childs, the Vancouver woman headed to Tokyo as part of the women's gymnastic team. And for good reasons. But I understand Beaverton has its own Olympian headed to the games as well. Yeah, they've got some bragging rights going on. Eliana Mason is going to go to compete for Team USA in the goal ball tournament at the upcoming Paralympics in Tokyo this summer. Now, I had not heard of goal ball myself, but it's a team sport for the blind and visually impaired athletes. I guess it's played something like 112 countries competitively. Mason is 25 years old. She made the team in 2016 for the Paralympic Games in Rio de Janeiro. They brought home the bronze that year. Um, Beaverton is her home. She graduated from the International School of Beaverton, started playing goalball at age 18. Beaverton is looking for some gold medal bragging rights coming out of Tokyo this summer. That'll be cool. We wish her the best, of course, and we'll be rooting for her. Now, I have to be quite honest with you here for a moment. Uh, just this week, someone came into my office and said, quote, hey, guess what? There's only six months until Christmas. And I tell, I'm telling you, I almost lost my mind. So keeping that in mind, Dana, what's this next story about? <laughs> It's, the, it's a form of Christmas if you follow the legislature or if you're a political nerd like me, it's called the Christmas tree bill. At the end of every session, if there's any money left over, they put it together and they find some what they consider to be good causes. And this year, the legislature gaveled out last Saturday and in the two, 2021 session, but not before okaying the mother of all Christmas tree bills. A total of $240 million allocated to 90 lawmakers and federal funds that came to Oregon through President Joe Biden's pandemic recovery plan, known as the American Rescue Plan. This was a huge deal in virtually every one of our communities. But as an example, I wanted to take Forest Grove. Reporter Peter Wong reported that because of the um, Christmas tree bill, Forest Grove is going to get 500 grand for the Forest Grove Senior and Community Center, courtesy of Chuck Riley, 680,000 for the Forest Grove Foundation for Housing. That's from Susan, uh, Representative Susan McLean and 160000 for Adelante Mujeres for food assistance for immigrant families. Again, from McLean. Adelante Mujeres is this really cool nonprofit. It provides holistic education and empowerment opportunities for low-income Latina women and their families. Uh, Forest Grove Paper has been covering them for ages, and they're a really cool operation. Man, that is, that's amazing, especially for that area, because Forest Grove is that city where a lot of people do live now, but it's, it's that small community, and that kind of money is really changing for them. For a senior and community center to get 500 k that's going to be a game changer for them. It's going to be huge. And it was all one-time money, so you couldn't do it to pay for programs, but you could build or you could hire. And I got to say, too, if I can go off script just for a second, that story was from Peter Wong. Every single town in our communities gets some of that money. Peter is the longest-serving legislative reporter in Oregon ever. He set the record this year covering 19 two-year cycles. He edges out veteran reporters from the Associated Press and the Oregonian OPB. A couple of people have done 18 cycles, but Peter has now done 19. And for the, those of you playing at home, Peter will hit 37 years of covering the Oregon legislature this next March. And it's amazing. It's, a, it's amazing because he's only 39 years old as well. <laughs> that is Dana Haynes. He's the editor-in-chief of the Portland Tribune. Dana joins us every Friday at this time. We talked about several other stories as well as you can find them all at kxl.com and visit portlandtribune.com to get the links to all 25 of Pamplin weekly newspapers. Dana, talk to you next week. Always a pleasure.